miss your girl, Tamika. It's your boy, E-Rock Nim. Listen, we keep it real. We keep it raw. We keep it uncut. All day. We are Marriage Takeover. We help couples in crisis win in their marriage by identifying their triggers and breaking generational cycles. Boom. So we want to welcome you to our podcast. Welcome into this place. Welcome. Come on here. Okay. We're, we're okay. going to stop. That ain't what we can't do. All right. So listen, listen, listen. Y'all, we are on season six. Season six. Welcome to season six. We are so excited about it. We cannot believe it's been six. Seasons. seasons oh my I god when we yes. first started and we were like should we do it should we not do it sure, what's right. going on and i think we started out with like facebook live and then it transitioned into the just, podcast so and it's just boom right and so we're here we want to thank you all so much for sticking with us for all six seasons for um just being with us supporting us praying for us and just sticking here with us yeah so if you are new to the platform and you're like season six i just found out about you guys <laughs> We well, gotta go well, back to all the seasons. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Um, make sure that you share, subscribe, and like. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> and like. Hey, <laughs> all that great hey, all that hey, great stuff. Also, hey, check out also join our Facebook group on um on Facebook, Marriage Takeover <laughs> Body <laughs> Body of One. So hey, yeah, we are we are so excited here because the guest that we have here is just so it's awesome. Well, we're awesome. going to go ahead and start off a prayer first. Oh, yeah, my bad. I apologize, y'all. Yes. I'm ready to dive in. Ready so let's dive pray. In. Everybody lift your hands. <laughs> Father, we thank you now, God. We give you glory, honor, and praise <laughs> because you're so awesome in everything that you do. Yes, Lord. And so, Father, you already know, God, who stands in need to hear a word from you, oh God. Father, you already know the heart that needs to be encouraged, oh God. And Father, you know the heart that needs to be reminded. So God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, God, that you take control of every yes. word that is spoken here today, oh God. Father, because as we trust you, Lord, God, that we should be able to trust our trust our spouse, oh God. So God, help us, oh God, even as we begin to go through on this podcast and, and indulge such a great conversation, Lord God. God, continue, oh God, to let your will be done, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, God, continue to bless our guests, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Continue to let your anointing flow throughout this place, oh God, in yes, the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. Now, God, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise. Father, we say this prayer you done, son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. 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 Listen, I need to make sure that we are all set up like we're supposed to be set up on today. And um, <laughs> did you? Uh, <laughs> so we are good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. No, uh, uh-uh, no, no. Oh, okay. So today we have such a great treat for you. Yes, we do a treat. Um, we are talking about trust this month. Trust. And um, we have with us Bishop me? Avon. <laughs> And his wife, Katrina Lynch. The bishop. The bishop. And um, the lady. So the bishop is, he's our spiritual father. We've known him for for quite some time, and we're excited to have him and his wife here on the show with us on today. Um, bishop Avon accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, uh, May 27th, 1968. Woo, don't, hey, he ain't telling his age, though. We in West Central Louisiana. Listen, we weren't even born yet. <laughs> But we thank God for the wisdom and the grace that you all were here as the wisdom is sprinkled and poured over. Um, you'll appreciate that as well. He received his minister's license April 1969, and then he received ordination in June of 1980. 
pastored his first congregation in September of 1981, and then he was consecrated as bishop in April 2014. Yeah. Him and his wife have been married now for 16 years. 16 and, years. And um, we are so happy to have them uh, here. So would you all welcome uh, the bishop? Avon Lynch and his wife Katrina Lynch, and let's go ahead and dive in and dig in. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We are so excited to welcome. have you all here. <laughs> we are happy. Yes. Welcome. We are talking about trust all this month long, and. One of the things that I like to be able to start off with, number one is defining what trust is, right? And then I'm going to open the floor up to you all. Um, as a noun, um, it's a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, and the ability of, of or the strength of someone or something. And then as a verb, which is what I like, because the verb is that action word. The verb is the action thing, is to believe in the reliability, the truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And so I know that within trust that it is um, it's, it's in a necessary ingredient when you're building and having a maintained and a healthy marriage. So trusting one another is one of the most important elements of a relationship and it's a crucial element um, of any lifetime commitment, really. And we know that marriage is a lifetime commitment and without the trust and, to, and the quality of your relationship will absolutely deteriorate if you deteriorate. I don't know why I can't talk to today. It will absolutely deteriorate if you do not have or establish a level of trust. So what in your your words and, and in your thoughts, like what 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 is most important about trust in a marriage? Okay. <laughs> um I think that uh trust is the foundation of a marriage. Yeah. Um, if you, if you don't have trust, then, um, and I think that with, with the foundation is it's, it's laid in Christ. We trust in Christ that he's the one that's going to, um, especially if you're both Christians. Um, but I, I truly believe that, Christ is the foundation and you have to have the trust that he puts into it. So the scripture says in um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all the ways, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I think that he has to be that foundation. He has to be what we truly trust in, um, not necessarily our spouse. Mm. Right. Mm. That's good. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's good. Because if, if we look at it, I don't know, this just came to me just now. I was thinking about it. She was was talking about the, uh, you know, we hear the uh, the tales of the three little pigs. And you <laughs> have the, um, the first little pig had a house of straw. Uh. And then then the next one had a house of sticks. But each one of those, the wolf was able to come and blow those houses down. Mm. But the third little pig built his house out of bricks. And that meant that that was more effort put in that, more thought put into it. 
And wow. as a result of that, the bricks were stronger and he could not, the wolf could not blow that house down. And likewise, with relationships, as she was saying about trust, uh, and, and one thing she made a point of is trust in, in Christ first and not our spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, too often in, in our day and age in this society, uh, God is the last person that we put trust in. We put trust in in our in our significant other, and first and only time we start bringing God into the deal. And I'm talking about this is not in every case, but for the most part, I'm seeing more and more of this that uh, we bring God into the into the mix when things start going wrong and we're in trouble. But we don't bring God into the mix first to establish that trust. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is uh, to start a relationship, you first, uh, you first, you know, meet each other, you start uh, sharing with one another different things about yourself that might not be apparent just from sight, mm -hmm. just from appearance. <laughs> so you start being transparent to them in a way that others don't see so therefore you start sharing certain things that you have covered from everybody else but you uncover to each other and you become as my wife just said you become vulnerable to each other mm -hmm. and oh. to the degree of your uh love for each other will be the degree of trust but also to the degree of trust will determine how much love you really have for each other mm. to each other you can you can have some trust without love, but you can't have true love without some trust. Wow! Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> so so wow. I want to to ride on that for a little bit. How is it that we can have true love that we cannot have true love without trust, but we can have trust without love? Because we, we trust people. We trust the government, but we don't necessarily love the government. We trust ah. uh, we don't necessarily love our jobs. We mm -hmm. trust the folks on our jobs. We don't necessarily love them. But uh, when you love someone or something, then you put a, a certain amount of trust in that. Uh, it, because you, as you uh, was talking about the definition of trust, there, you you count them as being reliable. You you can you can rely upon them. You can wow. depend upon them, and uh, and so uh, you you can lean upon them and know that there's a as my wife was saying earlier, trust being a foundational thing. Mm -hmm. You can you can build a, a build upon that foundation. But if that foundation is not there, you can't. But so love is something that comes in uh, as a kind of as a as a, uh, a blossoming of the trust it the trust is first the seed and then the love blossoms from that seed so let me ask this question right because we we come in contact wow. with lots of couples and a lot of the triggers and a lot of their pain points is trust mm -hmm. so either it was because you know infidelity um, because, and I honestly believe that too, it also triggers from their own trust issues from their childhood. So it's, it's yes. a constant trigger that they haven't been healed from, but what, how can someone, 
Let me see. What do I want to ask? What do I want to ask? Number one. Number one. Can a marriage last without trust? No. And then number two, how can you develop that trust after it's been broken and violated? Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you can expound a little bit for me when you said that a marriage can't last without trust. If you just, I mean, you know, I understand the no, but just for, for that, for that one that's listening, that think that, oh, we can make it without us trusting each other. Can you just, just elaborate a little bit on that for me? Um, well, I, I can't, I mean, to be honest, really, we can't say that a marriage can't last without trust because I know that there are marriages that have, um, you know, gone on for years without, you know, a true foundation because of certain circumstances. Like I know of people who have stayed in a marriage um, and there's been a lack of trust and there's been a lack of um, support or, you know, for whatever reasons, but they, they have um, lasted, but they are not good marriages, I guess I should say. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. When I said no, what I was meaning is what I was going to say is uh, what do you define as a marriage? Marriage, most of us think about marriage, we think we about think so good marriages yeah. and all. So in that case, if if a true marriage is a good marriage, mm-hmm. then it's no. But if we're talking about can people stay together, yes. live together, stay in the same household, carry the cohabitate. same, cohabitate together, or they become roommates and stuff, uh, rather than soulmates, then uh, if then yeah, yeah. It, it will last. And there are people that, that will hang it out because they don't want to be the first one to be accused of, of breaking it up and leaving. And they so know. they just hang in there. Yeah. And then they get to a point to where they got nowhere else to go. Yeah. So right. they right. kind of look at it, well, I'm well, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So it's <laughs> it's too late to go anywhere else. So here we are. We'll just we'll just ride it out. But <laughs> is that really a true marriage? Uh, according to biblically speaking and and what true marriage really is it's not so it's just a matter of i think understanding as to really what marriage is that's exactly you know so like when you ask about marriage there's some people that look at it as like okay we're still together you know we've been together 50 years or whatever but really do they have a a true marriage Mm. right and dad i know um you mentioned and, and it's been some time ago but we we do have the privilege of being able to sit and to eat from you and i thank god for you and your wisdom and just how god has just imparted his word and his holy spirit um within you you mentioned since we we're talking about marriage you mentioned some time ago just about marriage and what marriage truly is and what it isn't. Um, do you remember that conversation that we had and how many people think that they are married and that they're they're in a marriage, but really if if God has not consecrated the marriage and if he, you know, it says when a man finds a wife and oftentimes um, 
especially in today's culture, we find that there are more women seeking after the men mm, than yes. there are the, the men seeking after the women. And if we were to truly be honest, and sometimes we get married over lust, sometimes we get married, yes. you know, because of a certain situation or circumstance, and then we come together in a holy matrimony asking God to bless it and to breathe over it. When God didn't put that together, we put that together. Um, right. can you, do you remember that conversation? Could you expound on that just a little bit, just to help the audience understand what marriage is and, and how we can kind of grow from that to start building that foundation of that trust? Well, I I don't remember fully the the conversation, but I but I you know when you brought this up, I, I am remembering about uh, what the scripture is saying about how marriage is supposed to be. Uh, when Jesus picks up the the uh, question in Matthew, they're asking him a question. They come to him and they say, um, "Is it?" First of all, they was asking about divorce. They said, divorce. "Is it yeah. lawful?" for a man to put away his wife for any cause. Now, a lot of a lot of people will run to that and uh and use that as a uh, what Jesus his answer they they use that to say no divorce. You know, I suppose because if you get a divorce and you're causing adultery and all this stuff and it's wrong. But they're not really following in context what Jesus was what Jesus was saying because they asked the question, is it lawful? Uh -huh. Is it okay? Is it permitted? They asked, is it lawful? Which meant, according to the law, is can you find in the law where divorce is permitted? And Jesus let them know that there, that uh, from the beginning, there was no divorce. Because from the beginning, who put them together? God. God did. And mm -hmm. so he makes this statement. He said, therefore, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. So mm -hmm. what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And that still stands. When God joins someone together, you know, there is no divorce. Adam and Eve lost everything, but they didn't get a divorce. They still kept each other. Mm -hmm. Come on. God put them together. And so in this society in this climate climate as you were saying earlier about uh, our society being as it is you know a lot of a lot of it is motivated by lust a lot of basically by what the eyes see the same thing that got us in trouble in the first place when Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it was good for food and something to be desired and all that's how uh, the majority of marriages come to come about is right. eyes it's not from seeking God and asking him for that mate, but it's it's a deal of us find picking out what we wanting or going shopping and then bringing it before God and asking God to accept it. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. So, so that's what gets us in trouble uh, because we have a lot of things that that we put, like you said, we put together, mm -hmm. and then we expect God to keep it going, even though. Uh, it's like putting a square peg in a round hole, but we still want right. God to fix it. Keep <laughs> going and stuff. Right, right. It's just like going to Him last. You know, we're in a situation yes. we put ourselves there, and now we yes. ask Him to bless it and to breathe over it. And he like I was the one, and you probably had warning after warning after warning. Yes. Don't marry him. Don't marry her. And you still went ahead and moved forward. So thank you so much for that because we just we just married a couple, and I was having. Um, through our premarital um, co uh, counsel coaching that we do, 
the we meet with us the bride and we meet with the groom separately right before they go ahead and get they they get married. And she mentioned something to me that she was um, judged because she was getting remarried and her ex husband was not dead yet. And so I think with you even saying and expounding on that scripture that you just set so many people free because there are so many people in the church who will judge you for getting divorced, who will judge you from starting over again, who will judge you. And and what I want to submit to those people is to stop judging because you need to make sure that you understand what God is doing, what God is saying, and that there's no condemnation. Right. Over those. And so it's important for people to know that and not to be able to walk in that fear, not to walk into that, that um, really the condemnation that other people have over their lives. It's because, it, right. you know, just in religion. Yeah. And based off of, and you know, that we about to have some, we about to keep having some show no fun or not. <laughs> because even, even when the Pharisees asked Christ that, they was just trying to pretty much get him caught up. Right. Yes. Because they always wanted to challenge him to the law. And the sad part is, it's the same thing that happens today. Yeah. Just like she said, why are you judging according to the law? Right. If you if you know, if you trust the God that you say you love, then you would know that there is grace. And not only that, but there was great. The grace was amongst them. They had no idea that grace was amongst them, yet they were still trying to judge him and hold him to the law versus appreciating the relationship that he had with God and appreciating that he was really the the representation of the presence walking on the earth. And I think we miss that when it comes to being in the church, being in the body of Christ, being like his disciples truly here on earth now today. We miss that. Because we're so used to, um, and and I and I'm learning that when people are so judgmental, it's because they're hiding something, something within them, yeah, that they yeah. don't want exposed. And 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 the other thing is because it was it, they were given the hard road to hold, mm. and and they couldn't do what they want to do. So now they don't want anybody else to be free because they weren't allowed mm. to be free. And then what when Jesus told them that and made that statement to them about uh, about marriage. Now, notice this. He, he dealt with they asked him about the was it lawful and he dealt with the law. He said this, that if uh, you, you don't put them away, except it be for fornication. Now, he used that term fornication. He didn't say except it be for adultery. Come on. Fornication. Now, fornication is a sexual relationship between two unmarried people. Now, adultery enters in when one is married. Mm-hmm. He said fornication, which if we go back to the law, the law shows that if you got married and you found out that just your wife that you just married, if she was not a virgin, that meant that she had committed fornication. You were allowed at that point to divorce her under the law. Under the law, because the marriage was not consummated, it was not uh, classified as being legit. Right. So Jesus was dealing with the law when he said, "Except to be for fornication." But then, what the religious folks in the church, and I have to deal with the church because the Pharisees don't apply to us anymore. But the church religious folks, as the religious folks, they come in and they try to apply 
that to the church. So they brought it into the church, meaning that fornication meant everything. Not according to the law. Go back to the law. According to the law, adultery was when a, a married woman had relations, sexual relations with anyone other than her husband. Mm -hmm. it, adultery was not even assigned to the man unless he was dealing with someone else's wife. Right. To go out and have as many women as he wanted mm -hmm. under the law. Yeah. Under the law. Yeah, under that's the law. right, because they had all the concubines yeah. and all the... Not they sure did. But if the woman who was married, if she had relations outside of the marriage, then it was called adultery. The other yeah. thing is, is that uh, when they use, say, well, uh, you know, once you're married, you're married uh, to that person uh, forever. So if you if you divorce and get remarried and you've got two spouses. Well, if we go to the fourth chapter of John, the Gospel of John, when Jesus is dealing with the woman by the well, and he says to her, go get your husband. Uh -huh. I don't have a husband. And Jesus said this, you have rightly said in right. you not have a husband because you have been, have, that's past tense. You have been married. You have had five husbands mm -hmm. and the one you're with is not your own. Now, this was a perfect opportunity for Jesus to condemn her and say, you got five husbands. Hmm. But instead of saying you have five husbands, he said you have had, that's past tense, five husbands. And the one you with is not your own. And he said you rightly said that you don't have a husband. Mm -hmm. So, And then when they asked Jesus, the Pharisees asked to say, well, what about Moses? How come he told us to give a bill of divorcement? Jesus said there was basically, it was not a commandment. If you look at the law, the law never commands you to, to have divorce, but he said it was permitted. Well, why was it permitted? It was regulated because it was something that was already in force, even back with Abraham and Hagar. Hagar. Abraham, so to speak, divorced Hagar. Yep. <laughs> when, you, when you look at the word, and this is what I've gotten into, a lot of people didn't want to hear any more from me because they asked the question, I gave them the scriptures. I don't give them opinions. I don't give them religious doctrine. I give them the word. And if it's in the word, that's what I'm going to stand on. If it's not in the word, I'm not going to support your, your religious doctrine. Right. That's why we love you, Dad. We appreciate you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> wow. you, yes, just indeed. Got, you just got fundamental marriage 101 right here, right now. Oh, my goodness. So, but now, now, now so now, when you... So we do have to go to a commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll be we'll right be back. Right back. <laughs> and we are back. So we are back, Slim. If you missed that first segment in that first half, oh. I want to tell you, you make sure that you go back and you listen to that first half. Um, we are with Bishop Avon and his wonderful wife, Katrina Lynch. And we are having a conversation um, about trust, about marriage, about what the scriptures say about marriage. And, <laughs> And how it's unfolding. And so we want to welcome you back to uh, <laughs> the second half. Hey, hey. What? Listen. You know, um, just trying to jump back you in forgot. there. You forgot. I forgot my question. <laughs> Man, I tell you, them commercial breaks sometimes. But hey, but 
So when you're talking about from and from when you begin to look at all of that, so yeah, when you look at the baggage yeah. that some people bring into their marriage, whether it's from the childbirth, uh, from work, uh, from wherever the case may be, in trying to establish that trust in their spouse or hey, because when you look at it, sometimes we struggle with trusting our spouse because we we struggle with our faith in God, with trusting oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so it's like, how do you how do you help um our our God or whatever the case may be, someone to get to that place to where they can be able to trust, um, you know, to trust in their spouse. Well, well like my wife said earlier. Uh, when she was talking about trust, and she she put about trust in the Lord and all. So the reason that a lot of us can't trust each other is back to what she said, we don't trust God. Mm -hmm. Because we don't trust God to know enough about our needs, enough about what we even desire, what, what's going to actually make us happy. We don't trust him enough to uh, seek his guidance mm -hmm. or seek his, seek his blessing. And a lot of that comes from what we've been actually taught about him. We have a mm -hmm. warped image of God, who he is, because we have set him up to be someone who basically don't want us to have fun, don't want us to enjoy life. He just wants us to be uh, following rules and regulations and, and that's it. No feelings, no emotions, no, no joys, or anything like that. That's not the God of creation. The God of creation is the one that gave us pleasure, gave us desires, gave us joy, get, get, gives us peace, gives us all those things that, that we hold dear. He's the one that has given those to us, mm. blessed us. We need to trust him um, in, he know. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Yes. He knows our spouse better than, you know, better than we know our spouse. So when there's a situation that um, uh, from past experience and you see that they are struggling with that, and even if you talk to them and it seems to make no difference, then we need to trust that God is going to deal with that because of, you know, Christ in in that person. Mm -hmm. um, they if they have a, a, a firm foundation, um, they're true believers in Christ, and you. I mean, that's why you you're with them to begin with, um, knowing that they have that that relationship mm -hmm. that they are going to be submissive to the Holy Spirit Holy and um, and we just have to trust God to to work on that because I mean we've dealt with that in our own in our own relationship um, there's things that will you know be triggered by past experiences and um, and even if you um, have you know we've expressed to each each other about it and sometimes it's easily easy to get on our guard about it yes. but we just have to go back to the lord and say lord you know better than i do you know and you're gonna have to deal with this this situation and you know deal with their hearts because um 
we want to be able to build on our relationship. Yes. I want to be able to build on my relationship with my husband. And I'm going to trust God to, to open his heart and to work on him and, you know, to work on me in the areas that I need work on. So here again, it's just, it's just building on that, you know, um, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with faith too. It's not just, you know, um, to me, it's like that all goes hand in hand, having that faith and having that trust and, and mostly having it in the Lord, in Christ, not in the person. There was a situation that happened and it, this was kind of a game changer for me because it had never happened to me before. Um, before we got married, there was a situation we got into a disagreement about something and and we were ready to, to go our separate ways and just say, okay, just forget this. Yeah, whatever. I told him not and, to let uh, the door hit him in the butt on the way out. Yes, <laughs> And, and I was not going to allow the door to hit me on the. <laughs> but she said something to me. She said, I will never intentionally hurt you. Wow. And, and it, it was just funny. Now, that, that sounds like a simple statement. But it, but it, it, it meant so much to me because no one had ever said that to me. Ooh, ever. No one had ever said to me, "I would never intentionally hurt you." Well, when you truly love someone, um, in, in through the good and the bad, you need to understand that, um. When someone is trying to express to you, and, and we've talked about this before, is that we're very different. Yes. You know, uh, men and women are very different um, beings. Thank the law. And yes, thank you. But just because, because we are different, we are uniquely made, it's hard to communicate. And so. But we have to understand that um, this person, you know that they love you. Yes. And um, they have shown you that. They have expressed that to you. And here they are trying to tell you something. And sometimes the words don't come out right. It's hard to express, um, you know, to each other. But what we need to remember is that this person loves you. So when they're trying to say something to you, it they are not doing it with the intent of hurting you. That we need to try to understand where they're coming from. And we're not, we shouldn't take it as, you know, they're trying to hit us or knock us down or, you know, it, we need to try to understand exactly where they're coming from. The fact that they're just trying to express themselves to you and it may not come out right, but that they love you. So we have to remember that basis and have trusting and, and knowing that um, God is in this person and they are not intentionally trying to hurt you. And that's, and that's a very important uh, tool to use when those situations come up at where, where you might be hurt by mm -hmm. your spouse or you might hurt your spouse is to ask the question, would they do this intentionally? Okay. And if the answer is no, because you know that they love you, 
then that takes the sting out. It's it's like this. If if my wife walks by and accidentally steps on my toe, my little toe, and it hurts. <laughs> I, she accidentally did that. She did she do that intentionally or not? She made it no. If, if she if she came by and she stomped my little toe, that's intentional. <laughs> and, and stumbled across it and, and hit my toe. Now the pain is still there, whether she stomped it or whether she just uh unintentionally stomped it. But the difference is this because I knew that it was not intentional, I can bear it better. Mm -hmm. mm than if I knew it was intentional. Right. And so likewise, when it comes to trust, mm -hmm. if I knew something happened where a, where my spouse got caught in a situation, uh, even it could be a compromising situation, mm -hmm. but they got caught in a situation uh, either by other people or even by the enemy or whatever, mm -hmm. then I have to take into consideration, wait a minute now, uh, was this intentional? Would they intentionally do this? Right. Or not? If the answer is no, then that's where grace comes in. Mm -hmm. I should have grace to give to them, right? And vice versa, because that lets us know that number one, we are vulnerable. We are. We have not arrived. Neither one of us have arrived. And so, what is more important, the investment that we have made in our love for each other, or for one of us? To be right all the time. Well, here again, it's remembering who are you really trusting here? If we're coming back go. to trust, it's not really about trusting, you know, because we're flesh. Yes. Right. Trusting in, in, in Christ, you know, the firm foundation, you know, putting our trust in him and knowing that, you know, that he, first off, that he, he blessed me with you. And bless me with you. <laughs> and it comes back. That's exactly the key is this. Flesh will always fail. At some point, mm -hmm. fail. It will. Mm -hmm. There's no if and but. So you have a guarant a built-in obsolescence in flesh. Mm -hmm. It's built in. That's just where <laughs> sin is there. Anywhere where sin is, you're gonna have a failure or, or degradation. Mm -hmm. Oh but, wow. God never fails. That's right. So right. If you put your trust in Him, even when you fail, He is able to make things new. Mm. She was just saying, talking about this song, in which I was thinking about the script, what scripture that that song comes from. Some trust in chariots. So uh, my trust is in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Man, so, you know what? Before I like that right there. Let Every view, everybody that's watching and listening, listen, we're gonna try this real quick. I would never intentionally hurt you. Are we supposed to repeat that? No, I'm saying as for me, I want everybody. If you feel y'all saw that, so you just totally just dissed me. No, on that I'm just because you have to remember that it's audio, and if they aren't visually seeing us on the podcast, it's all right. So what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to look at your spouse and let them. If you only if you mean it, look at your spouse and say, "I would never 
intentionally hurt you. I will never intentionally hurt you. <laughs> and give him a smack. I mean that thing. That I, so now that, guys, I like that. Did I ever say that? <laughs> I don't know. So I, don't even, I don't even know if I ever said it's, that one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's been, I, there are a lot of things though that I want to unpack. Only because like it's it is everything that you said was good. It was great. One of the things that I think because um, we deal with couples on so many different levels, right? right. And so We've got the Bible toting Bamas, right? Who go to yeah. church, who know oh, church, know all of these scriptures, but they're really not living the life. Like, like their words and their lifestyle does not align with what exactly. they're saying. My son said they fruit ain't fruiting. Right, they fruit not fruiting. <laughs> yeah. And then you have couples who are married to somebody who's not saved. And right. so then you have couples who, because they've been hurt and they haven't dealt with their ish, they haven't dealt with their triggers, they're still hurting, and so although they Ooh. may say that they Ooh. don't want to hurt their spouse, Ooh. or they will never intentionally Ooh. hurt their spouse, the reality is, is hurt people hurt people. And and so we're not condoning abuse at all. I want to make sure y'all know y'all know exactly. marriage takeover. I shouldn't have to say that, but I want to make sure that we put it out there. So that well, we live in this day and time where well, that's we have to say yeah. that. Right, to. right, right. So don't y'all come for us. But um, what I want is like. How how do you unpack that? Because the reality is, is and I like to say that everything that we do is a choice. Right. Trusting God is a choice. Um, having faith is a choice. Everything just like just like we so when when a couple comes or when a spouse comes and they said they can't trust their husband, I get that certain things have happened that maybe it will cause you to not believe or to to um believe that everything that they say is true. Right. But it's hard for me to understand how you can't trust them when you can sit in a chair that you've never made, a brand new chair that has never been, you know, oh, you've never right. tested before, that you could sit in it and trust that it will not break on you. Yes. So help us to unpack how, number one, the Bible told Bama should align with, you know, the lifestyle and their words to, to be able to really trust God because that is a common core that people really don't trust God. So, right. I, when she mentioned the Bible told Bama, I don't like to hit everybody like that, but um, as you already know, I, I mean, that's what it is. Me, baby. Hey, it's what it is. <laughs> I'm right there with on that. <laughs> but when you have those that are in ministry with and I have to call them titles that's dealing with trust issues or just issues, but we have know we're dealing with trust. But it's like, hold on, because I had to ask my own self. <laughs> I said, hold on, you reading the same Bible I'm reading. What what are we doing here? What's what's missing? And so it's like for those that are actually missing that God connection. Cause we don't like like listen. I'm sorry. I don't want. I don't want to blow it up. But what she said. <laughs> <laughs> like, boy, said know, we said a lot. We said a whole lot, right? Hey, just jump in there. Just just jump. <laughs> just jump in there. <laughs> it's, it's, we had the pool of Bethesda. We need to heal somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that um, one of the things that we have to um, understand is that there's um, 
there are a lot of people that have been hurt in many different ways. And um, for us to be able to, I, I mean, I know for me personally, um, I, I have experienced a lot of hurt in my life, you know, especially as a, as a, a young child and into my teenage years. And, um, and uh, sometimes one of the things would like pop up and it would just kind of like almost, you know, something would trigger it and it would just kind of like a slap in the face. But I know that one thing for me as, um, as, a, as a firm believer in Christ and he lives in me um, is that I have better things to do than to focus on my past. Yes. And so when yeah, um, I, I learned so much from my past and to be able to help people um, who've gone through the same situations and to talk to them um, is that we can't, we can't stay there. We cannot stay in the past. If we are going to be able to function in our true ministry and our, what God has for us, especially as, as Christians, we cannot stay in the past. We have to walk in forgiveness. So that means Forgiving those who hurt us and forgiving ourselves for the stupid that we've done in our lives. Yes. So, um, and then like um, remembering that even if someone does not come to you and repent, um, that's okay because we are supposed to forgive no matter what. Um, we are supposed to forgive just like Christ forgave us. And so, we just we need to walk in forgiveness. I mean, and that's a um, every second of every minute of every hour of every day um, choice um, to be able to walk in forgiveness. And so also, if there's someone that we need to repent to, then we need to repent to them. And whether they forgive you or not, it's on them because you've done what God has asked you to do. So instead of focusing on those things, we, we need to start filling, filling ourselves up with word and focusing on what God has for us and, and not have, um, you know, those downtime where we sit and think about, you know, all these things that happen, you know, we need to focus and, and trust that God is dealing with it and he's got a better, better path for us. Exactly. And like, like uh, Sis was saying earlier about, uh, as a matter of fact, just a, just a few moments ago about uh, we can, can put trust in a chair that we, mm -hmm. we never sat in before. We can go right there and sit down in a chair and expect that chair to hold us up. We don't know anything about the history of that sure. chair. We don't know who made it. We don't know who put it there. We just go and see that chair and we sit down and expect it to hold us up. Mm -hmm. And yet, now that's an inanimate object, and yet we have, it, it doesn't have feelings, it can't express itself, and yet we put more trust in that than we will in our brother or sister who happens to be our spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> yes. That we, we put more, more trust in that thing than we do them even though they are expressing that they have feelings just like we have feelings. And, and I think sometimes with the, with the trust issue, uh, as she was saying about the past, a lot of our trust issues come from our past. 
yeah. how we dealt with, and, and this is a this is very significant, uh, how we dealt with those issues. Mm-hmm. See, because some of us have not dealt with those issues yet. Right. We're still carrying those. We we that, those are the things that we got hidden away, even from our spouses, mm-hmm. of those issues yeah. that we had in the past. And because of that, we we have a problem trusting our spouses enough to be able to uh, be transparent about that because we don't want to be condemned. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be hurt all over again. So we keep those packed away. I've done that for a long time. We we, we all have done that. And we still do. There are certain situations we still do. We might not express uh my wife says some things uh that she'll say and and i'm 100 with her on this and that is uh she said there's some things that are better left unsaid mm-hmm. and and that is true now you got people that say you know you got to be transparent and tell everything no because everybody can't handle everything that's that, that's that's going to be expressed and manifested especially if it's the past especially if it's the past and also even if in it especially if it's something that might involve them in a in a light that's not the best Mm -hmm. and so uh that's where maturity comes in jesus said this to the disciples he said there are many things that i have to share with you Mm -hmm. but you can't bear them now and so that shows a maturity. There was a lot of things that Jesus did not share with the, with the apostles, even when he was with them. He shared with them later after the day of Pentecost. He revealed things to them. He didn't reveal about the Gentiles to, to them until he let that sheet down to Peter after the day of Pentecost. Well, and so because they couldn't they couldn't bear it. And so there are some things that your spouse might not be able to bear. It doesn't mean that you you are. Uh, trying to be sneaky or trying to be uh, 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 untruthful or, or, or whatever. Uh, but something, this is why, this is why the glue that mm. needs to be between you and your spouse has to be the Lord. Yes. We mm-hmm. should not go into, let me show you something if I can. Yeah. Relationship. If you look in, 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 uh, in the Godhead, you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're equal. All three are equal, mm-hmm. and they operate as one being. Mm-hmm. They operate as God, but they but you have the distinct persons: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, mm-hmm. uh, that's the image of God. That's God's image. Mm-hmm. So, how is that image reflected here on Earth? It's reflected in the husband and the wife, and in God being in the middle through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the same Spirit that is in the Godhead that carries out what what the Father and Son has has desired, that same Spirit should be in our relationships, mm-hmm. so that if there's something that I need to express, but my wife might not be at that point to accept it, be in a receiving mood of it, or I might not be in a receiving mood of it, but I got to tell somebody, rather than going and tell a girlfriend or boyfriend about it, a, a, a buddy about it, 
which might turn around and 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 come back to bite us. We go and we express that that many times I go to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with here. How do you want me to proceed here? How do I with this? And then he does, he opens up the way and, and sometimes he'll come right around through my wife and she'll say something to one, let me know that it's time to talk about it or two, let me know that it's not, it's not an issue. And then we press ahead. And so there's some things that are really not, how can I say, it's really not a part of us. It affects us, but it's not. And that's that's another distinction that we need to make is what is really us and what is really not us. Because there are things that come into our minds, things that we feel that really is not a part of us. And only the Holy Spirit can separate that. Well, we need the truth, but the Lord knows um, timing, you know, that we are together for such a time as this. And and that um, if there's something that you need to know or I need to know, we need to just trust the Lord that, you know, it'll be the right time. And yes. we'll be able to talk about it or work it out or whatever, or even if it needs to be brought out. Um, but here again, when I, I just trust God that, you know, he did the work in you and he's done the work Same in me. Way. And that, um, I mean, the past is the past. And I like to leave the past in the past. <laughs> yes. Right, right. And I think, too, that it's, um, and we remind people all the time that it's a self-journey. Right. That we can't be focused on our spouses, what our spouse needs to change, what our spouse needs to do, how they need to align. Um, we really have to be focused on what God has for us in our life. And yeah. as we change then God will continue to honor that sacrifice and honor that. And then our spouse will then change. Mm-hmm. And as we get ready to close, cause we're almost time, time um, on our time. You all mentioned um, the last time we talked, you all mentioned something so beautifully about the couples, the husband and the wife and the altar and yes. how we are the altars. Mm-hmm. Could you leave that with the couples on this, this evening or this today for just kind of about what the couples, what that is and how when we go to the altar and now what that represents now as we are altars amongst each other. As my wife said earlier about God, us trusting God, God being that bedrock or that foundation of where our trust should be. And if we truly trust him, then we can build from that in trusting each other. Well, if God is the one that we're going to trust, that means that he is the one that we have to interact with. Well, when we approach God, if we follow the pattern in the scriptures, when you approach God, you approach him with a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We sacrifice to God, not to each other, but we sacrifice to God. However, the altar that we put that sacrifice to God on should be our spouse. In other mm-hmm. words, I should sacrifice uh, joy, peace, whatever it is that I'm that I'm going to be offering to God, I should sacrifice it on my wife. In other words, she should be the altar that I presented to God. Come on. I'm the altar that she presents her sacrifice to God. And when we do that, then it becomes a... um, 
it, it brings him, as she said, at the center. Mm -hmm. He is the one that's at the center and our focus is on him. And as a result of that, it when God ministers, if we're going to minister to God through our spouse, then God will minister back to us through our spouse. Because mm. it's the same altar that we offer the sacrifice on will be the same soft altar that the blessing will come on. Well, as believers, we want to please God. And um, pleasing God, we please our husband or we please our wife. We, and the scripture is very clear about um, the husband is to what? Love his wife mm -hmm. as Christ loved the church. Yes. So we are supposed to be that example. And um, in loving our husbands, we are loving, you know, we do it according to the word through, you know, Christ is going to be at the center of that. And so we're going to be honoring God when we are, you know, honoring our husbands and the same with husbands loving and honoring their wives. Um, you're honoring God. If you're truly a believer, then you're going to strive to please Christ. And in that, you're going to, you know, please your please your wife and please your husband. And I think where we where we run into the problem here in society, real quick, and that is that we overlook the fact that our relationship as husband and wife was tainted by sin. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between man and woman has been tainted by sin and degraded by sin in our society, in our world, as well as in our own beings. And the only way around that is through the grace and truth and mercy of Christ, what he has done in redeeming us, because he's the only one that can truly bring true love. Because the only love that really is sustaining and the only love that is really uh, uh, empowering is that love that is talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And that, that word there for love is agape, mm -hmm. which is the love that only God produces. Yeah. So that here we are again, we need to go to God to get that kind of love because that love does not point fingers. That love does not accuse. That love mm -hmm. does not uh, seek its own. That love is always trying to bless the object of it. It's always looking out for what is best. So then if I look at my wife's body or I look at her as being my body and she looks at me as being her body, then if I take care of my body, meaning I'm taking care of her and she takes care of her body, meaning she's taking care of me, then we're both taken care of and God is glorified. Amen. Come on now. That's good. That's good. Come on. That's good. Um, it was just on my heart that, um, you know, we're going to mess up, you know, yes. each, each one of us is going to mess up. Um, but when our spouse comes to us and they're repentant, which means they're, you know, they're going to try to change from whatever it is that they messed up on, restore them. Yes. You know, don't sit there and be mean and um, hateful. And, you know, we need to restore them. We need to, um, you know, because Christ restored us. 
Yes. You know, we need to restore them. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, don't pull out the seven labors of Hercules <laughs> and say, okay, <laughs> you can, you can restore that. go ahead and restore you and whatever. Uh, husband or wife, either one, but, but be, be quick to, and, and do it yes. quickly. Yes. Do it quickly. Uh, Paul says this, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, yeah. You that are spiritual, restore such a one yes. in the uh -huh. spirit of meekness, remembering your own self, lest I also be tempted. Yes. So yes. the same thing that you would like to happen to you if you fall short, yes. which we all are going to do, show mm -hmm. that same grace to them. Yes. I, I appreciate your children that. will learn from that. Yes. Yeah, wow. that's so good. That's so good. That's now, awesome. before we close out, um, how can they find out more about you? How can they connect with you? Um, and then you have another book that you're working on, too. How can they get your book and then, you know, know when the next book is coming? You guys just like to mess with me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you, I know they don't know, but yes, the, the, the bishop. Uh, yes, he has already authored two books. One that I love so much, I, I want to say it had to be the first book that I that I read um, as I began to get a little deeper in the gospel, I guess I'll say, called um, Gleam, Gleaming from Genesis. And then the other book uh, that came right after that is called The Beginning. And I mean, man, it's crazy. So, and the one that's getting ready to come out, I ain't going to throw out no release dates. I ain't saying nothing, but... My wife was saying, how can they get in contact, be able to reach you so that they can be blessed by these books? Um, well, you can find us at uh, Unique Ministries um, on Facebook and um, through New Life Ministries on Facebook or on YouTube. Okay, great. Great, great. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you, um, thank you all for having us. You are very welcome. Now, make sure that you all go out and you all connect to connect with them on Facebook, connect with them on YouTube, Unique Ministries, and um, you know, stay tuned so that you can get a copy of that book as well. Oh, yeah. it, it definitely is going to bless you. That it is. Yes. And I want to say also that you all, the book that you all put out. Marriage Takeover. Yeah. That book, my wife and I both got copies, and I tell you, that was amazing. It was just awesome. I I just love it. I mean, really, it just <laughs> it blessed me. And anytime I get to see you all share this, it blesses me. Yeah. I just love this. Yeah. I'm a big oh. fan of Marriage Takeover. <laughs> wow. God bless oh, you, man. guys. Thank, thank you. Hey, thank, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All we have we have been uh, persecuted by the church for that book cover. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, that's that a good cover. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what we said too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much. So make sure that again you connect yes. with them. Yes. Um, we want to make sure. Thank you so much for joining us on today. We so appreciate you guys. Thank you. Now, um, now listen. I hope that you all enjoyed that podcast. It oh, was um, such a beautiful treat. We so appreciate it. Uh, Bishop Avon and his wife Katrina for joining us on today. Um, we uh, want to just let you know that we just wrapped up a five day challenge for Renew My Marriage. Yep. It was phenomenal. We're getting ready to release the boot camp. But guess what? We want you to know that we just dropped. You've been asking. You've been asking. You've been asking. Well, here it is. And we're now delivering it. 
So we have finally our dates for our marriage retreat, and we're super excited about it. So the marriage retreat is going to be in Maryland. So we had to do the home front first. It's going to be February 24th through the 25th. Yep. Make sure that you get your tickets now. Get them now. Um, we have the registration on our website. Because they're moving fast. Marriage takeover.com. <laughs> And you want to make sure that you get that early bird. The early bird is only going to be there for 30 days. And <laughs> That's why they're moving I'm fast. Even, I'm not even sure how long it's been since it's, it's been here today. So just make sure once early bird is done, early bird is done. It's a wrap. Early so bird, get to work. You can register online. And then you can also go ahead and book your discounted room. We've negotiated with the hotel to make sure that you, we've gotten discounted rooms for you all. So make sure that you do that. We only got a small group of rooms booked. So once they are sold out, they gone. they're gone. They gone. So make sure that you get in. We want to make sure that you guys are in the building with us and yes. in, in the room with us. And um, get in the so building. Have a good time. So go ahead, book your room, get your get your tickets, and go we ahead, will get see your you, ticket, then book your room. And we will see you. <laughs> In February. Yes, most Live definitely. in a color. <laughs> hey, so make, make sure you continue to like, subscribe, share, um, join us on our Facebook um, Facebook group, follow us, all things social media. And we thank you all for joining us again on our um, on season six um, podcast. So we thank you all for joining us. Yeah, and stay connected. We have lots of information that's coming out about trust and how you can build it, what you can do, what it looks like, all those great things. So make sure that you connect. I'm your girl, Tamika. I'm your boy, E-Rock Mill. Listen, this is Marriage Takeover. Sign it out. Mahalo. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.